Good day to you fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. You could bless our missions program. We support around 60 different ministries through our missions programs. And I want you to help us do that the best of our ability. Amen. Jesus delivered a mandate to his disciples and thus to us. We're compelled, the reason for the wording here in the title, we're compelled to go into all the world and preach the good news. How many of you know receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is good news? So when Minister Nick shared that after, and we didn't give out the groceries till afterward. When Minister Nick shared that, the good news, 29 people respond to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. However you slice it, that's, you know, 40-45% of response to the gospel of Jesus Christ. 29 people. I want you to think about this. I want you to pause for a moment because we can take, take a minute and we can clap our hands and say, isn't that nice? Think about this for a moment. 29 people by 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon, by, the, by that moment, they were unsure of their position with Christ Jesus, not secure in their eternity. 29 people have sealed their response by accepting Jesus Christ into their hearts as Lord and Savior. They've sealed their eternity right now. 29 people that were not going to heaven at noon yesterday are sealed and headed to heaven. That's eternal. Hallelujah. And we got to trust the Lord that they stay on the path and we'll help them do that. We'll connect with them over the next week. And we'll connect with all of the people that actually were there yesterday and, and make sure that they're walking with God. Hallelujah. Let's look at the passage of scripture that Jesus quoted. He quoted it in the gospel of Luke chapter 4 verses 18 and 19, but that's not where I'm actually going to look at the passage that he quoted, which is from Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. But this is what Jesus quoted, and I want you to hear me when I say this. Look at me now. Look at me and pay attention to this for just a minute. When Jesus announced his, to his friends, his neighbors, and family who he was, this is the passage that he quoted, Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2. Stand to your feet with me. I told you we would be going to this verse. I actually read from Luke when I read it earlier, but this is the verse that he quoted. Say it with me now. The Spirit of the Lord, Sovereign Lord, is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released 
and prisoners will be free. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. Thank you, Lord, that your word is sharp, that it is alive, that it is life-giving. And many who are in this place today already are set free because of the power of your word that brings life, that is transforming in its nature because your word is you and you are life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that that happens right now as I bring forth your word and affirm that word into people's hearts by the preaching today. In your name, amen. You may be seated. Look at your neighbor right now and say, you're compelled to activate. So act like they got a button on their shoulder and push their, that button on their shoulder and say, you're activated. Let me ask you a question as I begin today. Why would, we be, why would we keep good news to ourselves? Why would we keep good news to ourselves? I mean, the, it, it's odd when you consider how we treat the good news of Jesus Christ. It's odd. Really. Uh, that, that we would not share this good news is kind of foreign to the concept that we wouldn't share it it's foreign to the concept and so we've got to I've got to activate you today I just based on the word of God that's my goal this morning to activate you in the process we are compelled to activate surely anything good is something we want others to know right yeah, I get it when you want to hide things when you do something you shouldn't have done. How many of y'all be honest with me this morning? You've had an open discussion with your spouse during the late spring months, or months, yeah, I'll say months, days. You've had an open discussion Perhaps it was a heated discussion. And perhaps the volume got up there a notch or two. And you realize after the fact your windows were open. <laughs> that ever happened to any of you? Raise your hands, be honest. Yeah, yeah, it's happened to you, right? You don't want them knowing that news, do you? Kind of sheepish, like, yeah, no. Hope you weren't around. Were you around? Just do you happen to hit you know, and you you just figure like, yeah, you just eat crow and move on. I blew it. But good news is different. I mean, when you get a new car, you want people to notice your new car. Come on, folks, don't lie to me. You want them to notice, yeah. Right. You want people to notice. I mean, my goodness, I'm I I wash my vehicles. I take care of them. I want people to notice that brother takes care of them. He's a good steward of what God gave him. <laughs> right. 
you walk in my office and you'll see some stuff that I want you to notice. I don't bother to put it there if I didn't care if you noticed it. Some of you have never been in my office. You don't know that I've got a vine in my office that's over 100 feet long. See, they didn't really want you to know. She didn't really want you to know that she said that, but she's like, I can't. Everybody heard that, right? You go, you go in my office and you're going to see some pictures. I love to bow hunt. And, and in 2004, God bless me, I went on a trip to Colorado and I took a bull elk with my bow. I got 12 yards from a bull elk. And, and, and I'm proud of that. I you go into my office, you'll see a big picture of me with that elk. So my point is, why in the world the most important fact in our lives. Jesus Christ comes into our hearts, forgives us of our sins, and we act like it's something that we should keep private. I am now headed for eternity. I'm going to spend the rest of my eternity in heaven when the day comes that I draw my last breath in on earth. I will be instantly transformed to heaven. Why would I keep that news from people? It's foreign to the concept. Proverbs 15.30. Many of you don't even know this verse exists. It, it exists. And it's in the New Living Translation, the way that it's translated. Proverbs 15.30 says, A cheerful look brings joy to the heart. Good news makes for good health. That's a proverb. I knew that was there because I read the scriptures. And it just so happens that I'm going through proverbs right about now. And so as I'm studying and I'm working my way through the scriptures in my devotions, I, I went, what? Good news makes for good health. Yes, it does. Especially the good news makes for good eternal health. So we need to be sharing that good news. Amen? Amen? And so you're compelled to activate. Once you're saved, get busy. Get activated. Once you're saved. It was awesome watching people yesterday. I mean, I've never seen Justin in that form yesterday. He was yesterday. <laughs> never seen him like that. Yep, I know that's his normal, but I don't know that. Yeah. He was like, he was good for, you did a good job, Justin. He even pulled out some of his Spanish, man. He was like, what is this six foot seven white guy talking Spanish? And I mean, he was rocking it. I'm not kidding you. It was impressive. So once you get saved, you need to get busy, activated. Jesus, Jesus announced the beginning of his dynasty in that passage that I read to you. He announced it. He announced it not only to the world at large. No, there were friends, family, there were neighbors 
and, and we, need to, we need to activate this life-transforming message ourselves. Why have we convinced ourselves that this is a private matter that should be handled gently? Why? Seriously, all that does is land people in hell. I cannot for the life of me understand why we treat it this way. Like it's okay news. Okay news is that you got a new car. That's okay news. Okay news is that, you know, we're having dinner at our house tomorrow. That's okay news. It'd be okay if I invited you. I'm not, but it would be okay. <laughs> That'd be okay news. Just to be clear on that. But listen, that's okay news. When you got good news that will shape someone's eternity, that ought to be something that we're compelled or activated to share. Testimony of our faith. Thank you, Victoria. You shared the testimony of your faith. Your testimony of our faith must be shared. What Jesus has done for you, don't keep it to yourself. Tell somebody else about it. So we're compelled to activate. But not only are we compelled to activate, I want to talk to you about being right now. We're compelled to be. And, and if that's left blank, is that left blank in your notes? Be? It is left blank. Thank you, Helen. Notice that Jesus tells them, this is who I am. Luke chapter 4, verse 20, which is, again, he had just made this announcement. And that was what follows his announcement of the, 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 the Lord has anointed me to set the captives free. He's just said all of that. To set those who are oppressed free. And just after he says that, he says these words. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. And that was that moment that the guy who was asleep in the back went, whoa, whoa, what did I just, whoa. Did I just hear Jesus say, well, it's been fulfilled this very day? Wait, 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 wait a minute. They're locked on Jesus now. The scriptures literally say that, that every eye, listen to me, every eye was on him when he made that statement. This day, you know what he's declaring? I am he. I am Messiah. And so every one of them that were lulled off to sleep because he was reading from an Old Testament prophet, suddenly goes, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Did I hear what I thought I heard? Is he announcing that he's Messiah? Wait a minute, I know him. I know who he is. I know him. I know his father. I know he's a carpenter. Wait a minute. I know his mom. And I heard things about, you know, your birth and stuff, but that was 30 years ago. Suddenly, you're, you're, you're telling us we're supposed to believe you are the one who will set the captive free. You are the one who will take those who are in prison 
<laughs> who Satan has put his mark on, you're going to change that? You're going to erase that mark? Yep. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. I'm that guy. We're compelled to be. Jesus operated out of a baseline of being the Messiah. That was his baseline. He operated from that baseline. That means this is, this is the foundation. I'm Messiah. And he operated from that baseline. Who he was gave him purpose. Who he was gave him purpose. It all changed on that day. You know what Jesus was like? Some of you, how many of you have ever rode a horse? How many of you have ever watched westerns where they ride horses? <laughs> so when you ride a horse, there's a word you use when you want them to stop. Does anyone of you know, know what that word is? Whoa. You pull back on the reins and you say, well, for 30 years, Jesus was pulling back on the reins. For 30 years. His time had not come. His time was not yet. So for 30 years, he's pulling back on those reins. But on that day, <laughs> it was giddy up. That's the other word. That one means let's go. He was compelled to be. And so there was no more holding back. It, 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 it translated. Jesus operates from this baseline. I am the Messiah. Who he was gave him, gave him uh, his, his purpose and it translated into everything that he did. Who he was translated into everything that he did. So his actions came out of who he was. I hope you're listening to me right now. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, pay attention, he's talking to you now. You see, because out of a baseline of who we are, hear me when I say this, Christians, followers of Christ, or disciples of Christ should flow the message that Jesus Christ saves. As natural as it was for Jesus to announce who he was, it should be natural to tell of our salvation. Just as natural as it was. Because he announced who he was, and he announced that, I, I wanted you to hear this, it wasn't just to the strangers. It was to family. It was to friends to his neighbors that knew him, that knew that he was, he dirtied a diaper just like every other human. They knew him. They knew him. They knew about, they heard the story. How, why are you staying back with the, these, these knowledgeable men in the temple? They knew about that. He got in trouble. Jesus said, didn't you know I'm 12 years old? Didn't you know I must be about my father's business? He had purpose. He knew his destiny. And out of his purpose, out of, out of his being flowed his purpose. And as one who possesses eternal life, we cannot contain this great news. 
Say, I possess eternal life. Say it. You possess it. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've asked him to come into your heart, forgive you of your sins, we, we cannot contain this good news. We possess eternal life. You possess eternal life. The bread of life. You've eaten of the bread of life. Every time you take communion, you're supposed to remember that. So our being should be attractive to others. Being, who you are, should be attracted to others. So look at your neighbor right now and say, you're looking good. Uh, let me give you a little hint. If you're married, you should probably say that to your spouse. I'm just setting you guys up. You can have a winning day today. We're compelled to activate, we're compelled to be, and finally we're compelled to go. Compelled to go. Being a witness or missional should flow out of who we are. I'm going to say that again because that is so good. I want to hear it again. Being a witness or missional should flow out of who we are. I'm saved. I'm born again. I've been set free. I don't want to stay quiet about that. Don't make me shut up about it. I won't. I refuse to. So if we are truly full of Jesus, then we will do as he did. I'm going to do the same things Jesus did. And I mean that on all accounts. I'm going to do as Jesus did. You should all be praying for the best gifts. And I'm thinking down that lane right now because I have in my heart one day God's going to do something through me in ministry that's going to astound people. I want to do what Jesus did. Hallelujah. Do you know that what Jesus did was clearly missional? I mean, everything that Jesus did was missional. I want you to think about this for a moment. Everywhere he went, every person he encountered was a part of that baseline of who he was, and, and it was intentional. <laughs> Come on. You guys know this, really, because I've said it so many times, and a few of you are new enough that you've not actually heard me say this. But, and so for your benefit... Uh, the rest of you will just say, okay, and just say a, sh a shout, a, a great big amen. But one thing God has never said was, I never saw that coming. Okay, that's something God has never uttered. I mean, that's right behind me saying, wow, that's got too much cilantro in it. That's, it's never coming out of my mouth because it's never in this head. I know some of you are all messed up. You don't like cilantro, and Jesus doesn't love you, and your feet stink. But, but anyway, you know, Jesus never wound up any place going, well, what do I do now? 
He was always intentional about everything he did and every place he went. Always. Men and women of God, this is a freebie, it's not in your notes. Men and women of God that are empowered by Holy Spirit should operate the same way. Now you have to work or you have to go to school. You have a life. You have to be a mom. You have to be a dad. But in every act of your life, out of a baseline of who you are as a Christian, as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus Christ, ought to flow your mission. So everyone you encounter, you ought not to be gone. Wow, isn't that weird? I never saw that coming. You ought to be thinking differently like, Thank you, Lord, and jump all over that person and like white on rice. Listen, church, everyone he encountered knew afterward that they needed to make a decision regarding eternity. Everyone, every single person Jesus encountered knew they needed to make a decision regarding eternity. He changed people wherever he went. Even the people that didn't like him or disagreed with him understood they had to make a decision. Their decision may well have been, I don't agree. But that's not your job to make people agree. Your job is to be missional and thus tell people the good news whether they recognize it as good or not. And don't get lost in all of the peripheral stuff, politics and everything else included. Don't get lost in that. They try to take you down a path that's that's off course. Don't go down the path. Say, once I was lost, but now I am found. You may be able to, uh, uh, to, to, to argue against whether the word of God was written by men or if it was in, by God or how it came about. You may be able to argue all of that stuff or you may not be able to argue all of that stuff. But one thing I know, I was lost and now I'm found. I was blind and now I see. I was bound in darkness and sin, but Jesus came and set me free. Hallelujah. Compelled to activate, compelled to be, and compelled to go. One encounter with Jesus compelled people to make a change or a decision not to. One encounter. Either make the change or choose not to, but you were at a point of decision if you met Jesus. Whatever he was doing, you're at a point of decision. Our heart should be to do the same. People have one encounter with you. They should be at a place where they make a decision. Pastor Amy and I have taken on this task, and we make it our thing. There's not a waiter or waitress that, that we encounter that doesn't hear that Jesus loves them or understand that they have a decision to make. Because listen, they have to come to your table.
It's a setup for a win, folks. I just served you up a win. You should be able to knock that out of the park. Listen, listen, do this, do this. I know it, it's going to get weird because all of the waiters and waitresses in the valley, they'll get, they'll get wind of it eventually. But, but whenever they come to your table, say this. Listen, this is so simple, so simple. Any of you can do this. In a moment, I'm going to pray over my meal. What can I pray for you about? Hear that? In a moment, I'm going to pray over my meal. What can I pray for you about? It really sets people back for that moment. They're like, what? and I hold them to it. I say, no, don't give me the passive. Oh, I'm good. Because if I start asking you, I can find something that's not good in your life or something you're worried about, something that concerns you. Invariably, most waiters or waitresses are about 20 years old, and they're in college. Well, I know I can pray for that, because either you can't afford it, <laughs> or you're tackling something that's bigger than you right now, and you need Jesus in the middle of it. So what I'm saying to you we're missional like that. And these are simple tactics. And I'm really, really, stand up, Nick and Emily, stand up. They have a pathway that anybody can become skilled at sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. They have a specific pathway that'll take anybody that's nervous, scared, and, and doesn't know if I can do this to being that kind of person that doesn't care what another person thinks about them. Because listen, whether they're ever impressed by you matters nothing. Seriously, in the long run, I'm not trying to tell you to be obnoxious or weird <laughs> just because I said that. No, no. I'm simply saying to get past yourself and recognize that it's about the Lord and eternity for that person. Thank you, guys. And so here's what happens. Our heart should be to do the same as Jesus did. Our daily plan should include, who can I tell of Jesus and his love? Who can I tell of Jesus and his love? We're compelled to activate, we're compelled to be, we're compelled to go, and finally compelled to send. God has gifted and called missionaries to go. He did that. He does that, he's doing that. And you're going to uh, get to know missionaries that are new to it, and, and, and we're going to have a missionary associate with us here um, on next Sunday night, most of you won't get to meet them, but uh, they're going to be with us next Sunday night. And so here's the thing. This, God has gifted and called missionaries to go. The same compelling force that activates and motivates us into our neighborhood has been given to men and women for the world at large. It's been given for men and women for the world at large. And Acts 1 8 
is the charge to go. It's Acts 1.8. And I'm going to give you that passage of Scripture, just give you a minute to put in your notes, charge and go. Excuse me, charge and go. You've been activated. You've been told who you are. And so out of your being flows the doing. And you've been uh, given this word, compelled to go. And so here we are in Acts 1.8 is the charge to go. And here's what the word says. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I want you to take this down. It's in your notes. All of us will not be able to go to the world, but all of us can sin. All of us can sin. You have that opportunity. Now I realize our brother Trombetta and his wife, they are home missionaries. They're right here on the American continent, but you're not going to Portland, Maine. At least not yet. I don't put anything past Holy Spirit. Could easily be somebody in this room right now that God's going to say, I want you to go up there and help the trombettas. They got a big work to be done. So all of us will not be able to go to the world, but all of us can send. Our combined monetary gifts and prayers can send God-called missionaries to the uttermost parts of the globe. What's that mean? That means my prayers... And my giving can send people to every part of the world where the gospel is needed. God can do that. And he can use you in the process. Come on, Pastor Mackay. We're compelled to send others to places that we cannot go. You're compelled to send others to places that you cannot go. Would you stand to your feet, please? It's entirely possible that you've sat through this whole service and you're not in a right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's entirely possible that you could walk out of this place and not be ready for eternity but I'm here to change that just now if you are here and I'm going to pause for a moment and let all of you that are moving about get done with the moving about because we're doing eternal business and it's really disturbing for me I mean if you don't have a bladder problem you have no cause to run out I'm dealing with eternity. When I get to the end of the service, it's about eternity, and that, that's why we do church. And if you, can, you could surely wait five minutes to deal with your business. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If it's possible that you're sitting here still, 
you are not positive of your relationship with Christ Jesus. If it is possible that the flowers that would don your own grave are in bloom right now, are you ready to go to heaven? Are you absolutely certain you would go to heaven? Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. If you've never invited Jesus to come into your heart and forgive you of your sins, then you're not ready for eternity. And if that is the case, or perhaps you did invite Jesus at some point to come into your heart and forgive you of your sins, but you walked away and you know that if he returned right now, you're just not sure you'd go be with him. If that's the case, heads are bowed, eyes are closed, would you lift your hand and say, I need to make things right with the Lord right now. Lift it up high so I can see your hand. If there's anyone in this place this morning, say, I'm not in a right relationship with Christ. It's not based on how often you've gone to church or if you've ever gone to church. It's based on you having received Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you've not done that, lift your hand and say, I need to make things right today. God bless you. You can put your hand down. It's easy in that quiet moment and the simplicity of heads bowed and eyes closed and people being quiet and gentle to lift your hand up, but the Bible says this thing, and it's in the New Testament. Jesus himself actually speaking, saying, if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. If you just raised your hand and you mean business with God, I wonder if you'd leave your seat right now and come down front. Would you come down to this altar right now if you raised your hand and say, I want to make things right with God. I want to be sure of my position with God. Don't delay. Don't base it on anything anybody else thinks or says you knowing I'm going to do what God wants me to do, and I want to be sure of my place with God. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you know I need to be down there. I want to put an exclamation point where there's a question mark right now on eternity for me. No one else can make this decision for you. And no excuse that you may think in your head will work when you get to heaven. You've heard the good news of Jesus. You've heard this call. If you're unsure of your position with Christ, leave that seat. Come forward right now. Let's secure it. Let's make sure. Brother, what's your name? Walter. Walter, I'm going to pray with you right now. You pray this prayer with me. Y'all help him out. Say, Lord Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into my heart. And based on your work on the cross, I am forgiven. Wash it all away. Based on your work, 
and coming out of that grave, from this moment, I am yours. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Walter. I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel not only to the lehigh valley but around the world we want to do our part in reaching the people that god has entrusted to us with the gospel of jesus christ you can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry god bless you have an amazing day remember you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.